Welcome back, everybody, to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast, the official podcast of Left Wing Lock, your number one source for fantasy hockey intelligence and the official and a uh, proud partner of the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Devin Davidson, your host. With me, as always, Bruce Gunther, John Enns, and Tyler Homan. And special guest tonight joining us from Left Wing Lock, Mike McLaughlin. Mike, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm happy to be here again. Thanks for having me on, guys. Of course. Always welcome. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, we're doing episode 54, NHL trade deadline and the fantasy hockey impact. Um, yeah, we'll we'll kick it off from there. So, Tyler, that's, that's what we're doing tonight, um, just for your okay. knowledge. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So, uh, I just wanted to start by telling our listeners about NHLshop.ca, the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast, a proud partner of NHLshop.ca, the best source for all your officially licensed NHL apparel and merchandise. Follow the links in our show notes or on our website. Save up to 50% on select apparel now and get free shipping on orders over $99. Use promo code NHLFS99 at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. See store for details. Full disclosure, Fantasy Hockey Hacks may receive a small commission for your purchase, which helps us to continue providing original content and fueling Tyler's gambling habits, which you probably don't have an update for us since uh, since Sunday, as we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, that's not good. Still not good. <laughs> Already, hey, midweek, okay. Yeah. How, how many parlays can you do in three days? Lots. Lots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I won't even ask. We'll just move on. Uh, let's jump right into it here, guys. NHL trade deadline. We'll we'll do a bit of a recap and uh, the fantasy impact from some of the trades that were made. Mike, we're not going to dive into every trade. There were 33 of them, I believe, involving 56 players. Um we're not going to cover them all. They're not all fantasy relevant, but we're going to talk about the ones that we feel were. And uh, I guess before we get into that, what were your thoughts on Philadelphia's trade deadline as a fan? Uh, just pain and suffering. <laughs> just <laughs> pain and Wel- suffering. Welcome aboard. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we, we knew it was coming. The You know, this season was terrible. And Claude Giroux was a UFA, of course. So th- there was no doubt that he was leaving, in my mind at least. So I had kind of prepared myself for it as a fan, knowing that he would go. Uh, and of course, because he had that no movement clause, uh, he was in the driver's seat completely. And he used that to his advantage, and good for him, right? I mean, he earned that contract, and uh, he landed himself on what I think is the best team in the NHL, the Florida Panthers. And... Good for him. I don't think the return was that great. Um, I guess in a vacuum, I don't think the return was that great. But given the circumstances of the no, no movement clause and the fact that, you know, there was only one team negotiating for Claude Giroux at the end, uh, you know, the Flyers landed. They got Owen Tippett. They got uh, a first round draft pick in 2024. And I think they got like a seventh. No, they got a third, actually. They, they got, got a third, third round pick in 2023. Which is a deep draft next year, I understand. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and just one point of clarification. I, I saw a ton of people like uh, really getting down on the flyers about the fact that the first round pick was in 2024. And I was shaking my head all day. I mean, I was already kind of annoyed because... My favorite player just got traded away, right? And my team sucks. 
So it's already a bad day, but then you see people harping on these weird details. They're like, I can't believe the Flyers got a 2024 first round pick instead of, you know, 2023. I mean, Florida didn't have one to begin with anyway, uh, cause they'd already traded it away. But more importantly, I, I don't understand the, uh, the motivation of those comments from people because Florida is going to be very good next year. Yep. I mean, they're going to be a very good team again. And that 2023 first round pick that the Flyers should have gotten is going to be terrible. It's going to be a late round pick. Uh, I'm much, I'm much happier with the 2024 first round pick. You know, at least there's some, you know, glimmer of hope that Florida will have injuries or they'll, trade good players away or they'll, they'll suck, you know, something bad will happen. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, overall for the flyers, just as, as you know, as a personal flyers fan, sad day, Drew's gone. Uh, they got a, you know, a decent return based on the circumstances. And then I was happy to see that they moved a couple more of their, uh, unrestricted free agents. They were able to move Broussard and they also moved, uh, Justin Braun. Well, Bruce, what was your comment about uh, Justin Braun and, and Martin Jones earlier? Well, Mike and I had worked out a trade in the group chat we had. Oh, yeah, that's right. Martin Jones, Justin Braun, and the seventh round pick for Connor McDavid. We, we had it We had it locked in before the deadline. Yeah, know. it was locked in and everything. Just, I don't know what happened. I'll trade you Leon for that. Zip it, you. <laughs> yeah. On, on that note, Bruce, I think one of the reasons, I mean, this is kind of a joke, but one of the reasons that Martin Jones didn't get moved uh, as I understand it, is that the Flyers actually had some injury concerns at the AHL level uh, at the goalie position, <laughs> and, and so and I guess they're. A, I haven't followed the AHL in a long time, but I think their AHL team is headed for the playoffs, and so they didn't want uh, unless they got a, a decent offer. They didn't want to move Martin Jones for peanuts because then they'd have to bring up one of their healthy AHL goalies to the NHL. Uh, at least that's that's what I I came to learn anyway. Uh, so well, that makes a ton of sense, right? If they're headed to the playoffs in the AHL, you don't want to have one of them sitting up here doing nothing. In the exactly, NHL, uh, you know, playing once every ten days behind Carter Hart. Uh, hmm. So yeah, that's that's my point of view. I, I, I was glad to see they moved on from some UFAs. They got some return, you know, they got some picks. And then, of course, the the Giroux trade. So, well, um, with that, I mean, let's let's talk about the Oilers, uh, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's jump off on the on the Broussard thing. Um, I actually like the Broussard trade. I understand Broussard wasn't happy about being moved, but it's his tenth team in how many years? So, can't really blame a guy. But um, I think he adds to the depth on the fourth line and allows us to kind of maybe shift some people around. Uh, but Tyler, what's your take on Broussard? Um, I think, I think uh, in that position, playing on the third or fourth line, I'd prefer a different type of player, but that's just probably me personally. Um, I guess he could move up and play in a top six if somebody got hurt, but I'd prefer somebody that was a little bit bigger, played a little more physical in the, in that bottom end of the lineup instead of a little bit more skilled and soft, but. Yep. No, I agree. Like it would have been nice. I thought we'd get some more muscle. Uh, Delorier was a guy I 
I would have liked to have seen move to Edmonton to play a fourth line role, but whatever. We we got Broussard for about four hundred thousand dollars, so it's not it's not terrible. <laughs> Remember, and I mean, then, he, okay. he's he's looked all right in in recent games in Philadelphia, uh, but I, I understand Tyler's point. Like he's he's got a skill set that's kind of geared for the top six, right? But he's not really good enough to be a top six player anymore. Yeah. Remember, and remember then, when he got traded for Zabinajad? I do. <laughs> that was a bad one. I think Ottawa wants that one back. Yeah, that was a bad that, one. That would have made Bruce's <laughs> blenders in fantasy for sure. <laughs> Top of the list. That would have been the all-timer year-end recap of yeah. Bruce's blenders. Yeah. No question. Uh, and then how are we feeling about Brett Kulak? Uh, I like it. Um, I don't like giving up a second-round pick for it, but... Uh, Considering the the other picks that they've given up in the last couple of years, um, yeah, they kept some money, but I mean Justin Braun's probably a little bit better uh, player on the uh, bottom pair for a third round pick. But um, Kulak's from here, and I guess the analytics say he's good, so I guess we'll see. Any chance he resigns? Like I would agree with you, Tyler. I think um, a second round pick was was pretty steep for. Kulak but if they can re-sign him at a reasonable contract yeah I think people are saying it was four four years times two million or something like that two and a half um maybe if Duncan Keith retires then maybe I guess he'll have a little bit of room to work with so <laughs> I guess we'll have to well, see how that works out <laughs> your Remchek was talking about how it would be eight million dollars in cap recapture if, if Duncan Keith were to retire yeah you actually so, get a positive yeah uh, to the cap so so maybe sure you can do so. us a favor and just call, say, call, call quits. Call me up. I'll deliver his papers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come with you. I'll drive. Right? right? Uh, with a Louisville slugger stamp? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'd say I'd pay for fuel, but I can't afford it. Sign, no. sign here, I'll whack you. <laughs> maybe we'll take the bus. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> there is no bus in Saskatchewan anymore. Oh. True story. Um, okay, let's talk about trade deadline winners. Is, is it banned or something, or what What happened? No, the, the government stopped funding it. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 saw something, I saw something about your country a few days ago. Oh, oh boy. no. Oh, boy. <laughs> the, I was going to be good. this conversation with my wife before we came on here, but please continue. Did we declare war on an igloo again? It, it was the, uh, you guys are not allowed to go to a restaurant and eat a hamburger that's not been burned. No, we like to cook it. <laughs> yeah, we, we cook the hamburger. You yeah, cook steak, you know, you get sick and the, stuff. Yeah, the steak you can cook however you like. Okay, yeah. so there's, there's a distinction there. But yeah, there's a distinction. Nobody okay. asks asks you how you like your burgers done. No, that's that's definitely not a Canadian thing. It's either cooked or not. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'll take a medium rare. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've only seen that in the movies. I've only seen that in the movies. It was, uh, it was one of the Sharks beat writers. Uh, I guess he ordered a medium rare burger and they wrote on the carton or something or on his napkin. They're right. Sorry, we can't do that. Here it is. Well done. And he seemed pretty upset. (laughs) Here it is cooked. Yeah. I mean, okay. So to be fair though, I'm sure that burger was still juicy and delicious. Like, you know, we we don't, we don't cook them till they're a piece of leather. Not quite. That's my opinion. (laughs) Um. <laughs> all right, that was good. Thanks. <laughs> let's let's talk trade deadline winners here. Who did you guys, uh, Mike? I'll start with you. Maybe who is your big trade deadline winner this year? 
Uh, man, it, it's tough. I, I put a few on my list. Uh, if I had to pick the best one, I, I guess I, I guess I would go with Florida. I, I think they got the I think they got the top player available at the deadline, and it just it's a perfect fit for them. But I, I, I did also I liked what Colorado did. Uh, they got uh, Manson, Cogliano, Lekkonen. Um, if, if you don't mind me counting Calgary, they they added Toffoli in, in February. I don't know if that counts. Does that count? Tyler we'll says no. It. We'll allow it. <laughs> we lost them. Tyler's <laughs> out. Um, and, then, and then one more team I'll throw in real quick. Uh, it, it's a loser team. I mean, a team not going to the playoffs or whatever. But I, I thought Montreal got a haul back from all the players they dealt. Uh, starting with Tavoli. I mean, they they have two first-round picks, two second-round picks. They got a fourth, a fifth, and a seventh. Um, That's that's not bad for, you know, a team moving on from a bunch of UFAs. Yeah. Yeah, the return for Sherratt was pretty good. That was impressive. Yeah. And, And I agree. I like the work that Colorado did. Like, those are some nice depth adds to that roster which you're going to need to come playoff time. Josh Manson um, likes, to, likes to play physical. Vander Kane will tell you that. Yeah, Tyler, you're laughing, buddy. <laughs> I love it. Um, and, I, I mean, what was your take on the on the Hagel trade? Like, that's that's a lot for Brandon Hagel, in my opinion. Yeah. I, the uh, So, I think – and we're all guilty of this as humans. We we all think like our brains were kind of in a black black and white mode, right? Like that's the default mode is black and white. Is this good? Is this bad? Is this? And so, you know, if you, you think back to like, let's look at John as an example here. Let's say John was a caveman a long time ago and his <laughs> wife right. is, he's, his wife is <laughs> sending him out of the cave. It's time to go get some berries off the bush because the kids are starving, right? He still is a kid. I like I like this story. I'm married, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we like where this is going. Continue. <laughs> so, so, you know, John is sent out. It's nighttime. He's like, I gotta get these damn berries, or my family's gonna be angry and they're gonna starve. But John knows that every once in a while, there's a lion in the bushes that might eat him. And so he's he's out in these bushes and he sees something move. And. Yeah, that's a good reaction there. We need video of this. So uh, <laughs> he sees something move, and there's two options here. You can go with the black or white brain, which says, hey, man, go run back in the cave so you don't die. Or you can go kind of more in the thought processing brain where you're like, hmm, let me pull out my abacus and I'll calculate, you know, what are the odds that there's a lion in the bush if I see the bushes move? And so John's out there. He's doing the abacus he does the calculation he's like 17 percent. he likes those odds he knows that if he goes back without berries his wife is going to be very angry and his kids are going to cry all night just the worst (laughs) as he's putting the abacus back in his back pocket that lion jumps out and eats him and so all all the people all the cavemen back in those times who brought out the abacus to overthink simple problems they should have just stayed home well, they got eaten. They should have ran. So, yeah, they should have ran. And so the ones who did run had sex with their wives later and made more cavemen. <laughs> and those cavemen were the ones who didn't think about the abacus. They thought about 
the wife. And so, great, uh, great thinking, great thinking. <laughs> so that's 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 why we're dumb today. Like we're we think about these trades and we see, hey, Chicago got two first rounders. That's the best trade on earth. You know, they traded away this kind of Hegel guy who's kind of an uncertain. We don't know how good he is, right? He's got that high ish, and yep. uh, we're, we're worried about him. And so, what I think is more important though here is like this is an abacus problem and you know tampa bay did the math on this and they know looking at their roster it's going to be the same for the next two years if you look at like who their ufas are and stuff like tampa bay is coming back for two more seasons just like they are now and so they know that their first round picks that they traded away most likely are going to be very very low you know 26 29 31, something like that. And what we know about those kind of picks in the NHL is that those guys only have about a 30% chance of being NHL players. And I should be a little bit more careful with that statement. What I mean by that is like those guys go on to play, sorry, to play 200 games in NHL. Mm -hmm. And so if you're doing those odds, if you're Tampa Bay and you're like, hey man, we've won two straight cups. If we get this guy, we'll probably be slightly better team going into May. And all we're giving up is a 30% chance at a guy who might play in the NHL. And, and that's, that's really the math I think Tampa that. Bay did. I, I'm not saying Chicago lost the trade. I, would, I, I think they got a great return. But I think Tampa Bay did that math and said, we're going for it. And so I like the trade for Tampa Bay. Okay. I think the other thing too with it is they didn't have to trade Hagel. So in order for you to get them to trade Hagel, who's cost controlled for another season at 1.5, and then I think he's restricted. Two more seasons. Yeah, two more seasons at 1.5. That has a lot of value, especially to a team like them. Um, But I think the best part of that entire story was you basically told (laughs) we're all dumb now because of you, John. So... <laughs> John got eaten. It's his fault. Uh, yeah. To, to further Tyler's point, there, just for, you know, for one more note, is is Palat is the only guy who's a like a, a you know a named UFA for Tampa Bay. And so what I see the trade as is Tampa Bay just got Hagel uh, under contract, like Tyler said, for multiple years now. And they, they're going to save about $3 million on the cap when Palat walks away in July. And, and Hagel is Palat. I mean, if you look at their point production, Hagel and Palat are kind of neck and neck. Um, you know, Palat had a nice season a year ago because Kucherov was hurt and Palat got to play on the top power play unit. But without that bonus, Palat's, just, Palat's a 50-point guy. And I think Hagel can do that. Okay. Um, trade deadline losers. Some like who are the guys you were or the teams you were sort of disappointed with? For for me, I I kind of look at Carolina. I mean, I know they're already stacked, and maybe they don't want to rock the chemistry with that team, but they really didn't do a whole lot. They brought in Max Domi, and his impact is, I guess, we'll see. But um, for you guys, Bruce, John, who who are the losers for you at the trade deadline here? Well, I for one can't wait to see Max Domi score the uh, 
winning goal that eliminates Florida from the playoffs because Florida's paying a quarter of Domi's salary. <laughs> you would be the guy to bring that up. <laughs> it's just one of those little things that I like to, to check. That, that's a fun I'm story. Gonna enjoy that. I'm going to enjoy that greatly. Okay. John, what about you? Any, any uh, teams to stick out in your mind? No, just just my Oilers. Yeah, you weren't you weren't uh, particularly happy with their deadline. No, I wasn't at all. I was hoping for a fight. Well, I won't say a fire sale, but I, I wanted a big move. Um, if that was getting rid of uh, Yamo somehow, or even uh, dare I say it, pool party. Um, I wanted something to rock the boat here, but uh, I did not get it, and. I really wanted some kind of goaltending change, but it just wasn't in the cards. Mike, you were right. Again. <laughs> John, you still the, are a kid. The only man. big change. Why why would you trade <laughs> why would you trade Yamamoto or Pooley RV when you're gonna go on a run or hoping to? They're both restricted. Why, why would you do that? Don't I Let me have my saying. own thoughts. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> hey, I said trade McDavid earlier this week. Yeah, yeah, we were, yeah. we were going to glaze right over that and just never talk about it again. I You're the good. worst kind of human. <laughs> uh, hey, if Hagel gets two first, what would McDavid get? Like, think about it for a second. Oh, God. I know, but you, you, you want to see the fan base in Edmonton riot. You yeah. Yeah. trade McDavid. Yeah. You want a fan base to riot? Wait till they flame out in the first round of the playoffs again. They're not oh. going to, Bruce. They're not going to. <laughs> you know, just join this side, Bruce. Just like put on your rose-colored glasses. Life's a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I tend to stick more into reality. <laughs> okay. I like to dream in Technicolor, buddy. So, uh, Tyler, losers, deadline. What's your take? Um... I think Carolina is probably a good pick too because they didn't really do too much. Um, I thought Winnipeg's deadline was just, I don't know that they were a loser, but I thought it was weird. Um, I get They didn't fully give up. Yeah, they didn't fully give up. They kind of brought some guys back and moved some stuff around but didn't really actually do anything. And I guess they do still have a chance to get in with uh, the way Vegas is playing, but um, they're kind of just indifferent on the whole yeah. thing so and Mike for you uh, I had Carolina on my list so I won't talk about them since you guys already mentioned them uh, my big loser for the deadline though is the Dallas Stars uh, they did not move John Klingberg and I, I think I don't see them as a very good team uh, I mean you know I guess you make the playoffs maybe you can you can go far on, on a lucky lucky streak right but as far as like what the kind of the numbers say, I don't think Dallas is very good. They're not well positioned to win this thing, and they just lost John Klingberg for nothing. Uh, yeah. And and looking at some of those defenseman prices, uh, I think he could have gone for more than any other defenseman on the list, except maybe Hampus Lindholm. Um, do you think the high skin injury had anything to do with that? I think it played a role for sure, but I mean, he, he's skating already. Yeah. So hey, he's, he's supposed to be back in a week. Yeah. He'll, he'll be back soon. Team. So I, I mean, they could have done this and honestly, I think, you know, they could have done something where they traded Klingberg, got, got the huge package and then just picked up somebody like Justin Braun 
you know, for a third rounder and, and let him, you know, play the, the, th- the third line, even strengthfully. Um, sorry, third, third pairing. Uh, yeah. But so, for, so for me, I think they messed up huge. Like they, they, they have, they lost out on our big return and I expect them to lose pretty early in the playoffs. All fair points. Actually, what, what one team we totally missed that was a complete loser, the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> <laughs> that is about as loser as you can get on a trade deadline. <laughs> what a bunch of knobs. <laughs> how do you not know your player has a no trade clause? Like, how do you not know that? That's pretty bad. Like, cap friendly new. And now they are. And now, <laughs> yeah. And and now. Much to my delight, they are completely hamstrung. So they're going to have to, well, they'll possibly try, well, they do a trade now after the deadline. So the player, wherever the player they send can't play. Yeah. If they put a player on waivers, nobody's going to pick them up because no one's going to help Vegas, right? No. Like the notes I was reading before we started recording here is teams are more than willing to help Vegas with those, with this, but the first overall pick is pretty much. It's that plus plus the player plus to get to do that if they want if they want any help. And so, as it sits now, they can't. Well, they'll have to pick whether they want to bring back Stone or Martinez because they can't bring back both. And if both are healthy before the playoffs, they're screwed. <laughs> like they're they're really screwed. So I love it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think yeah, so. Do no, I? I? Yeah, I can't, I can't say I'm upset about any of this. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the word karma comes to mind for me. Yeah, no sympathy. None, none whatsoever. You watch somebody else is going to get hurt next game, though. <laughs> oh yeah, magically. Yeah, yeah. probably yeah. walking to the locker room or something. He'll be suffering from migraines. Yeah, oh. something. My, my <laughs> guess is Mark Stone will take another chair shot to the back just before he's supposed to come back, and they'll hold him out till the end of the season. They'll yeah. call it a setback. Praying Bruce. that they make the playoffs. They'll call it a setback. Yeah, setback in recovery. He'll be out for another three weeks. And then they're just going to pray they can make the playoffs because I don't think their probability of making it right now is good. Well, according to leftwinglock.com, yeah. yeah, it's it's not very good. Well, they've been and they've been shut out in back-to-back games to boot yet. So, yep. I I think Dallas. Their goaltending is worse than the Oilers. Dallas, I think, has four or five games in hand on them too. <laughs> so yeah, the guys that are chasing uh, it, they have four games in hand. That's that's not good. No. It's going to be fun to watch because there's going to be chaos there in the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. Four four games, Tyler. Yeah. That's they're, up a lot by, of games. they're up one point and then they got four games in hand. Man, that's that's a lot with just tw- about 20 <laughs> games left, right? Yeah. 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 And they've got games in hand on pretty much everyone below them in the standings for that wild card spot. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on to. Fantasy risers and fallers. We already touched on the Claude Drew trade. Um, I'm not sure much how much more we have to touch on that beyond maybe the fantasy impact. Mike, it looks like he's going to play on the right side of Barkov along with Verhage, and that second line is going to remain intact. Um, I've, I've got his fantasy value obviously going up, but uh, you correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Uh... I, I went and checked, and I, I saw that Florida has—they've been using like six different guys in that same right wing role on the top line all season. Uh, 
they just haven't found someone who works, someone that they wanted. You know, I think I think Duclair got the most time up there, but he's he's sort of somebody who gets carried by that line. And and you know, Giroux is definitely not going to get carried. Like he's he's going to help drive that line with Barkov. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be good. Uh, so yeah, I, I see him getting a boost. Um, he'll be on the first power play. He'll be on the top line. I mean, he had those roles in Philadelphia too, but now he's got a, a better complement of players. And in Philadelphia, his the team's shooting percentage when Giroux was on the ice was pretty low. It was like seven and a half percent. So if that you know comes to normal in Florida or or even higher, then uh, he's going to get a nice little boost. Okay, and then obviously him leaving Philadelphia. Do you see a guy like Kevin Hayes is who I see getting a bit of a fantasy bump. Um, he's got nine points his last nine games, and he's looked pretty good here recently. Yeah, and he's looked good to the eye too. Um, when, when he first came back from his injuries, I, I forget when it was, maybe February, um, January or February, he, he was terrible. I mean, he was he was awful, like the worst player on the ice, like noticeably bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Super slow, out of position, just nothing was going right. And the past few games, he's looked good. Uh, you know, Hayes is a guy, in my view, he he needs to have the puck to be relevant. Um, he, he can slow down the game in the offensive zone. He can pass well. He, he's one of these guys, uh, I, I hate to mention these players in the same breath as Kevin Hayes, but it's a similar style to uh, like Yager and Forsberg in that they are able to protect the puck from anybody in the defensive zone. They slow the game down and it, you know, they can just move the puck where they want it to go. And he's been doing that the past handful of games. So yeah, I, I think you could see a nice boost from him. Okay, cool. Cause he's going to be in our waiver wire pick list uh, on Sunday. So nice. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. For anyone listening. <laughs> Tyler's already picked them up. I see all three of you checking your phones right now. <laughs> no, I'm still angry. All right. Damn it, um, Devin, you picked them up already. Let's uh, let's move along then to John's favorite player, Mark andre Fleury, now a member of the Minnesota Wild. Wee wee. Oui, oui. uh, yeah, Fleury in exchange for a conditional second-round pick in 2022. It can become a first if Minnesota advances to the Western Conference Final and Fleury wins four or more games. Within the first two rounds of the playoffs, uh, the Blackhawks also retain 50% of Fleury's salary. Now, I, this this one, obviously, just hard not to be a fantasy um, boost for, for Fleury. Um, I guess the question here, though, Mike, and, and Bruce and I were talking about this earlier, what's that split going to look like between him and Talbot the rest of the season? And, and I kind of see it being a two-thirds Fleury, one-third Talbot. Um I, I don't think you trade for a guy like that and, and, and you know, play him at 50%. That's just my opinion. I'm, I'm curious to see how it actually shakes out, but what's your take on it? Yeah, I could see it go down that way. Um, I mean, the, the other part of your comment there is that you don't trade for a guy like that if you have confidence in your goal, goaltending. Yeah. So, yeah. so something was up, you know, in their view of Talbot that said we need to improve. And and I think if you, if you look at their even strength goaltending for the season, it's pr- it's pretty low. It's it's uh, 0.915, uh, which which is not so good. I think that's bottom third of the league. Yeah. 
And so that's, that's one of their biggest weaknesses. And they, they, they made a move to address it. So you have to applaud them for that. And you're right though. It will come down to in your fantasy leagues is going to come down to, to some extent to volume. Is it worth going after Flurry when he's not going to see the same number of starts he saw in Chicago? Yeah. And I guess that's league to league. You know, do you count saves? Do you count uh, starts? Do you do you count any of the other counting stats? You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to have better peripherals for sure, um, but maybe a bit reduced uh, reduced volume. And Minnesota has to go for it now. They're going to be in cap hell here for the next three seasons oh, after this. So they they have to go for it this year because they're taking like a $14 million cap hit for the next three seasons. Yeah. So they have to go for it. You know what, though? The unfortunate thing for them is there's at least three other teams that I, I feel are better positioned to win this year. Like, I, I like Minnesota, but do you really think that they're going to beat Florida, Tampa, or Carolina in the final if they get there? It depends what's left of those teams by the time they get there. Okay, fair. The East is going to be a bloodbath in the playoffs. They're going to be there's going to be some hard games, and the deep teams like Florida, Carolina, Tampa, they've got the best shot because they've got deepest amount of players. The West isn't going to be nearly as hard. The other thing we're forgetting here is Colorado. <laughs> Even St. Right. Louis, too. Yeah, but I think St. Louis would. Uh be a hard out for but the style that Colorado plays isn't conducive to playoff hockey we saw that last year with Vegas well that's where I'd agree with Tyler St. Louis is conducive to playoff hockey though and they got some big bodies there so yeah and they can roll three lines yeah four lines yeah and they got Huso so they're all set goal and the same as Tyler you want to cover your ears Uh, Calgary much the same (laughs) 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 yeah I, I don't think the West is going to be a cakewalk either, Bruce. Like, there's there's some good teams in the West, too. I think Minnesota's got a chance against those teams where we'll see what's left coming out of the East. Signed, the president of the Minnesota Wild Fan Club. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's... I don't know about the president. Maybe vice president. but Vice not, president. Okay. Maybe not quite president. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Owen Tippett. Uh, Mike, you had mentioned him earlier. What's your take on him in terms of fantasy for the remainder of the season is he someone that you know are you gonna look at him in a deeper league or a, a keeper or a dynasty league setup is he or is he just totally fantasy irrelevant at this point uh, i grabbed him in a very deep points league um just on pure opportunity uh he, he's he's probably gonna get top six minutes the rest of the way and power play action as well and uh so i, I just took a gamble i had an open roster spot i said hey Here's some guy who wants to prove himself after being kind of given up on by the Florida Panthers. Let's see what he can do with more ice time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've only seen him play a couple games. He, you know, in Florida, he, he was on eight different lines this, this season. And a lot. Yeah. And that was, I think, well, in 42, he only played 42 games for Florida and he played on eight different lines. And, his most frequent line mates were the fourth liners. It was Thornton and Vitrano. Uh, so it, he didn't really get much of a look in Florida this season. And, you know, the Flyers kind of stink, but at least he'll get the ice time. Yeah. Yeah, that was my take on it. He's, and we saw that in his first two games. I think he played just under 15 in the first game and then over 
over 18 in the the second game there. So uh, no points really to speak of or anything really impactful at this point. But like you said, the opportunity is important, and that's where it starts. Yeah, I, I thought he looked great in game one for the Flyers. Uh, he, he was noticeable in every single shift. Uh, and, and one thing I didn't know about him until I saw him play for the Flyers, he is a really good shot. Like very, very heavy shot. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with that, I guess, in future seasons. And that kind of lends to the next guy here is Frank Vertrano. You had mentioned him already. Is he someone who can be fantasy relevant the rest of the way? They've got him playing with Panarin and Strom. Uh, he's got just one goal and eight shots through four games with the Rangers, but so far he's been given a chance at the top six in New York. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting him to get that top six role, honestly, when I first saw the trade go through because he, he played mostly bottom six minutes in Florida. Yeah. Uh, I think the big problem, though, for Vetrano as a fantasy-relevant player is he may not get much power play time. Yeah, it looked like um, Andrew Kopp, actually. So he came in, and, and they gave him first unit power play time. Yeah, I... I, I went to look that up because that seemed weird to me. Uh, I mean, it's true. It did happen, but I, I didn't know why. Uh, and I think, uh, what is this guy doing with here? Uh, I think, uh, so I, I think the Rangers coach Gallant, uh, was angry at the players because I think he took, uh, I don't know how to say this guy's name. Lafreniere, Lafreniere. Something close yep. to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he he got booted off the top line. And it sucks this year. Yeah, I, but he got booted off the top line last night is what I mean in that game. And uh, more important than that is when I looked at the play-by-play sheet, because I saw your notes, Devin, about copying on that power play, and I was like, well, why wasn't Panarin there? And so I looked, and Panarin was in the game right up until that power play. And then he didn't see a shift ever again. Uh, oh, and it was 10, 10 minutes of ice time in the third period. So yep. uh, I don't think he got hurt. Maybe he did, maybe he did, but I think Gallant was pissed and was benching players in that game. So, so it may not be a regular thing is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, I spent about 600 words there to say, I think Cop's going to be on the, <laughs> the second power play. And, and not the top power play. That makes more um, sense. But did did you know sorry, that not cop but Vitrano. Did you know that Lafreniere um he he got a power play point the other night? That was one of his first power play points. I, I read some of that too, Tyler. That's crazy. Yeah. That, that is crazy. Like in uh, two I, I seasons. Think... Uh, Gallant made a joke. I think it was to cop, and I, I want to bring this up because we were talking about the Rangers power play here. Is he said something about trying him out on power play unit too? But he said, if you play on the second power play unit, you're only going to get about ten seconds. <laughs> so I, I mean, that's an exaggeration, of course, but uh, but not far off. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that Rangers second unit is kind of. Uh, kind of purgatory for power play points it looks like yeah yeah for sure okay and then we got some fallers here that we want to talk about uh 
Brandon Hagel's the first one I've got, and I, I obviously see his fantasy value taking a dive here, just based on the fact that he's not playing next to Patrick Kane. He's not going to get the same deployment that he got in Chicago. Um, he did get some time with Palat and Point, so that was interesting. But long-term, I mean, just for the rest of the season here, I, I don't really see a ton of fantasy value from Brandon Hagel. But any, any difference of uh, opinion here, guys? Nope. It's, well, that's no, I, no. I think, yeah, I think you, you have that one nailed. Okay. Uh, well, not to mention his ish at almost 23%. So Yeah, you, you beat me to it. His ish is whew, it's up there. His ish is iffy. His ish is <laughs> iffy. And also unsustainable. Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> is he going to get those ships in? <laughs> uh, remains fewer. to be seen. Fewer. Yeah, in, fewer. in today's practice, they put him on the second line with Stamkos. Okay. So it's 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 a little weird to see his introduction here. He got top line, then second line, and what we're all expecting here. is him to be in the bottom six eventually. So I guess yeah. he'll comes ease, third and ease his line. way into that. Working <laughs> his way down. <laughs> Wait, waiting for them shifts to drop. So this one's a bit more interesting, and that's Ricard Raquel. Um, Pittsburgh acquired him for... Zach Aston Reese, Dominic Simone, Cal Klang, and a 2022 second round pick. Um, Penning UFA. He's actually on pace for 26 goals so far through 51 games. I kind of thought he'd be like, I thought his fantasy value would, would improve going to Pittsburgh. I thought they'd play him with Malkin. He's started on the third line with Carter. I'm not sure if that's going to change. And then, Mike, you had mentioned some comments from Mike Sullivan. Maybe you want to explain that a little bit yeah so yeah i was surprised by the raquel on the third line uh play as well uh, although that first day which was yesterday uh he had just flown into pittsburgh that day so maybe that's understandable but they did it again tonight so he he, he played again tonight on that third line and I, I know that sullivan said that he's he wanted to ease him in a little bit uh but that he was going to work him into the top six eventually and I think part of that is because Raquel is just coming off injury. Uh, yep. He missed the last few games in Anaheim before he was traded. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Devin, uh, based on how Anaheim used Raquel and the types of minutes he played, they line up almost perfectly with the type of minutes that Malkin has been playing in Pittsburgh. Uh, high offensive zone shifts and not seeing the top opposing players because right. they, they go after Crosby, of course. And to me, like, is he not a more valuable winger than Danton Heinen to play with with Malkin? Like, would that not make more sense anyway? Assuming they're both healthy, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think he's got to be more valuable than either Heinen or Rodriguez, who are the, really the only other two options. I mean, they've been using Rust on that Malkin line lately, but I assume kind of the ideal scenario is they bump Rust back up to the top line and let Raquel play with Malkin and. Maybe Heinen, I guess. Uh, I mean, for Rust, he doesn't. I don't think it really matters where he plays, just given his production. I think he's on pace yeah. for ninety-three or ninety-six points or something. So he puts up points regardless. But for a guy like Raquel, you'd like to see him up on that second line. I think. Yeah. So I, I guess just you know for the purpose of fantasy impact, I, I until he gets moved back into the top six, it's short term taking a bit of a. Bit of a decrease. 
Uh, Andrew Kopp, so I, I guess reading between the lines, you you sort of feel that his fantasy value for the rest of the season is 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 limited. Is that fair? Uh, I do. I, I'm a little bit worried about the uh, the power play. And I I mentioned to Bruce earlier. I was looking at this. His time on ice from February first to now uh, has actually gone down considerably. When he's playing with the Jets, he was getting prior to February first, he was playing over twenty minutes, over twenty two minutes a game. The average time on ice between February first and yesterday was seventeen oh four time on ice. Uh, wow, that's that's so a lot. That's a big drop. It's come down quite a bit. Yeah, uh, I think uh, quite a large chunk of that was power play time but he maintained his position on the penalty kill. Okay. And then, I mean, this one, this is the last Florida guiders, Max Domi. How do you see things shaking out for him in, in Carolina? Uh, I, I don't see any value. I, I mean, maybe I'm very <laughs> wrong here. I just don't sugarcoat it, Mike. <laughs> like I, I was looking at Carolina's roster earlier today because I, I saw, you know, Domi on this list and I, you know, Martinook, he's out. He's injured for several weeks. And, you know, I guess they have got, I want to call this guy Lorenz because there's a famous physicist with that last name, but I think people say Lorenz or something like that. Stephen Lorenz. Uh, anyway, fourth liner on Carolina. I assume that Domi's going to take his spot, but I don't know that for sure. But then even when Martinook comes back, what happens to Domi at that point? Because I think they want Martinook in that lineup. And so Domi kind of seems like this fringe 12th, 13th forward for Carolina, which which is fine. That's Those are the kind of guys you need in a long playoff run. Do you, but, I think he... Go ahead, Tyler. Do you think that this has anything to do with maybe Trocek not coming back next year and you can kind of replace him and i say replace him but kind of position him into the second line they're hoping for a lower cap hit maybe next year because other than that it's kind of weird because he doesn't really he doesn't do what what do you expect him to do because he is he's not really physical unless he's doing something stupid and he doesn't really put up points he doesn't score goals so it's it's a it's a weird move yeah, his and his last his last two years, uh, his his puck position has has cratered. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I mean, he's underwater this season. He's at like forty six percent for his uh, shot attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that'll improve on Carolina just because Carolina outshoots everybody. But uh, yeah, you might be right. I mean, maybe maybe they're looking at giving that uh, Kaka Kaka Niemi a, a you know a stronger role in uh, Carolina next season. Cognitive. And then they can slide Domi into the fourth line. I don't know. Yeah, like even his face-offs aren't great. He's below 50%. And his yeah. shot volume. He's only shooting one and a half shots a game. Or, yeah, was, yeah. There's really nothing. I looked, When I was looking at his game you know, earlier today, I just I just saw nothing. I, kind of was like, I was like, maybe he has a, a physical presence, right? Like he can, he can get in a fight with somebody during the four minutes that he plays on the fourth line. I think he's got a bit of sandpaper. Like, he's not overly physical, Tyler, to your point. He's, he's not going to hit a lot of guys. He's got 15 hits on the season, but he is he can be an agitator. We've seen that in the past. He's got almost 40 penalty minutes on the season. He had 75 last year. So I I can see him just kind of getting under guy's skin during a I long th- playoff series. I think he got, like, 30 of those penalty minutes in one game, though. 
<laughs> you like attack that guy. So, I, I, yeah, I don't think you're wrong, but I, I'm just trying to justify that trade a little bit for Carolina. But yeah, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's it's weird. I mean, I guess to hear that there was some talk that they actually were in on Giroux. I mean, I guess Giroux wasn't in on them, but but apparently they reached out to the Flyers. And so to see them knocking on the door of, of a big name like that, and then they just kind of, you know, get this kind of fringe guy is their only ad. I... They do things a little different in Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> to put it nicely. Um, well, it just feels like people are living off what he uh, what he did for a couple of years there, and, and and they're hoping that's what they're getting, and it's it's just not going to happen. And it was really only one year too. Like yeah, one really good year. So, okay. Um, last player here, Capo Kakinen goes from Minnesota to the Sharks. Uh, what's your take on that one, Mike? Like, do you obviously his fantasy value takes a hit going from Minnesota to San Jose? Um, do you think they're gonna? I, I kind of get the sense that they're, they're gonna test him out the rest of the way. Like they've got James Reimer there, but. You just traded for this guy. Like, do you think you'll, they'll test drive him to see if he can be their starter for next season? Yeah, I think they'll give him a decent look for sure. Uh, it's a little weird that they're, you know, they have three NHL ready goalies in there now. You know, with Reimer, Hill, and now Kakonin. But did um, so. did I hear that Hill is on IR? Maybe I misread that. I, I didn't fact check that, but I wonder if that was part of the discussion too. Yeah, I'm not sure actually what his status is. I thought he was close to coming back. Um, that, that may have changed. Uh. Okay. But yeah, I, I, it's it's an it's a weird spot to be in for him to be on a team uh, with that might have two other goalies. Uh, yeah. But I do yeah, ex- ex- I do expect him to see some starts. Uh, San Jose has nothing to lose by just seeing what they have in him. Well, and then is Reimer uh, UFA this summer? Uh, I don't know. Bruce Bruce got one more year. Where's our contract guy? He's got one more year at 2.25. Okay. And Hill is, uh, the update from the 16th was he had a setback in his recovery. And there's no timetable for his return at this point. Oh, okay. okay. So it makes a little more sense now, I guess. Yeah, that's that's nice then. I mean, he, he should get some decent starts there at least. The The peripherals might not be great, but he's going to get some volume. So keep that in mind if you're desperate for goaltending. And that will do it for Fantasy Risers and Fallers. Before we get to the last segment of the show here, we're just going to really quickly tell our listeners about DraftKings. <laughs> really quickly. <laughs> really quickly. So, Tyler, if you got to <laughs> refill Tyler, that gonna, drink. I was going to say, Tyler, you're going to lead us off? <laughs> uh, I know. No, no, I got a hockey game, so I got to get out of here. So, Okay. Okay. Uh, well, we'll let you go then, Tyler. Thanks, Bye, for, thanks for dropping in, buddy. Yep. Make sure you leave that laptop open. Yep, I'm going to leave it open. Great headband, right. Mike. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see you, bud. Uh, see you guys. Bye, Tyler. Bye-bye. Hey, Tyler. All right. As a member of the Hockey Podcast Network, the Fantasy Hockey Hacks Podcast is a proud partner of DraftKings. 
The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team to get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook is available, isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 years of age or older. Restrictions apply. See our show notes for details. If uh, someone you know has a gambling problem, all that information that would help them uh, cope will be available in our show notes. So check out fantasyhockeyhacks.com for all that information. Um, And we will roll on from there. (laughs) What did I miss? Because I wasn't looking at you clowns this whole time. I know you weren't. That was probably good. (laughs) (laughs) I do it intentionally because I know someone's going to do something to trip me up. But... (laughs) kind of a game we play now uh the last thing it's just going to be a short segment here guys but i just wanted to talk about stanley cup odds and of course our degenerate gambler just left but um yeah i was hoping he would stick around for this section <laughs> yeah i was really hoping we get some feedback from tyler but he's like i don't need help <laughs> yeah, exactly uh so i'll just list off some of the odds here so the best odds to win the cup right now according to DraftKings, and this was yesterday i think when i when i looked at this is Colorado at plus 425, Florida at 550, uh, Tampa at, at plus 800, Calgary at plus 900, Carolina at 1,000, the Maple Leafs at 1,200, and for some reason, the Vegas Golden Knights at plus 1,300. And then below them, Pittsburgh at 1,600, Boston at 1,600, New York at 1,800, Minnesota at 2,200, St. Louis at 2,500, the Capitals at 3,000, and the Oilers at 3,000. Thoughts? Bruce? Well, I'm guessing the reason why Vegas is that high is because if the Vegas Sportsbook put them any lower, they'll probably get put out of business. <laughs> How dare you put us down at the bottom? Oh, yeah, your team sucks right now, so you're not making the playoffs. <laughs> I, I I get the sense they just haven't caught up with what's going on in the game somehow. They're too busy worrying about spring baseball. or. I think they're expecting that Vegas is going to get everybody back for the last couple of weeks and make a push and that's what's going to get him over the hump. I think that's what that's based on. Could be right. Your wild sure aren't very high on that list either though, Bruce. No, they're not. <laughs> but they're higher than the Oilers, so that's good. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that value if I if I'm a, an Oilers fan, uh if I'm a betting person. Yeah. Plus 3000, I'll take it. I'll sprinkle some money on that. Tyler probably already has. I'm sure he has. <laughs> that, that's why he left. Yeah. And actually, yeah. um, I, I probably shouldn't. I, I won't name them just because they're a competitor to a partner of ours. But there is another sports book um, that had the Oilers as high as plus 900. They had the sixth or seventh best odds to win the cup. So I found that I'm interesting. that was before the season started? No, no. This is recently. And it was on a Canadian sports book. So, they must be drinking the Ken Holland Kool-Aid then. They, they must be, or they listen to this podcast, either way. <laughs> so I found Thanks. that interesting. But um, let's just go around really quickly. Mike, 
who's your pick? I think I have an idea, but who's your pick to win the Stanley Cup right now? And if you're betting mad, which one of those those odds are you taking? Yeah, so I I, uh, I had Florida and Colorado as my two teams. When you guys first had me on this podcast in summer, I, I thought that was going to be the matchup. I'm going to stick with that, and I'm going to go with Florida as the Cup champions. Hard, hard to argue with that one. Uh, John, what's your take on it? Um, I am in agreement with uh, Mike on this one. I know I've I've said in the past I was down on Florida just because they're they've never really been a team to uh, to go out there and make long runs. But uh, this team is is something different than the past. So I like them, but the the Avalanche to me are uh, are a whole other group compared to everybody else. Uh, just the way you see them play. Um, no, um, I'm going Avalanche. Okay. Bruce? Uh, so for me, it's uh, I think uh, Tampa's still going to come out of the East. They've got the experience. They know what they want to do. Vasilevsky in the playoffs, pretty hard to bet against. So I'm out of the East, it'll be Tampa Bay. Out of the West, I think it's going to be Colorado. Uh, in the end, though, I'm kind of like John. I think uh, I think Colorado is gonna is gonna eke it out in the end. It's gonna be a close series, though. But I think Colorado will eke it out, eke it out in the end. Okay. For me, I'm gonna just do something totally different. Um, if I'm betting, I actually really like the value on St. Louis at plus twenty five hundred. Um, I also, I think I think Florida comes out of the East, and in the West, I actually. I hate to say this. I really hate to say this, but I like Calgary. They they're they're big, they're heavy, they've got goaltending, they've got high-end offensive talent, and they're well coached. And I it pains me to say that, but I really do think they have a chance to come out of the West this year. There's there's a lot of good teams, but I I can see a an 04 Cup run again for Calgary this year. Who wins that series ultimately? I don't know. That's that's Hard to say. Um, I, I think Florida's probably a good bet, but that'd be my take on it. Yeah, I, I think Calgary's a smart choice out of the West too. Uh, I, I have I kind of put them in tears before we came on the show, and I had uh, from the West, Calgary and Colorado were my top two teams in that in that first tier. And if you're betting, I think the value at plus nine hundred is pretty good for the Flames. I mean, even Florida still at plus 550 is a good bet. One thing I do know, I will not be betting on the Vegas Golden Knights. No chance. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a weird one there because it's there's such a good probability right now that they will not make it. But if they do make it and if they get those players back healthy, I do see them as a very tough opponent. Yeah, but that I mean that's a lot of ifs. Yeah. If you're if you're betting money, right? Like that's that's too many ifs for me. That's that's yeah, it's very uncertain for sure. I'm too Mennonite for that. <laughs> <laughs> for, yeah, for you're save your pennies. For, <laughs> <laughs> for both, <laughs> for both, for that particular bet anyway. Absolutely. He's got to pay off his computer first. Oh man! All right, guys. Well, that just about does it for episode fifty-four. <laughs> our NHL fantasy hockey trade deadline review with Mike. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining us this week. That was, that was a fun episode, something a little different than what we normally do. 
Yeah, I had a good time um, talking about the the berries and the lions and the. <laughs> I'm gonna use that. That's a great soundbite. I'm definitely gonna that part about going home to have sex with your wife. I'm definitely going out on social media. <laughs> <laughs> and then I might use the the part about John being a caveman too. But uh, <laughs> I think that'll get some laughs. We'll have to put something out there. So uh, thanks again. Really appreciate your time and for for being here with us. And I know you're also two hours ahead of us. So we. Uh, yeah, we appreciate you commenting your time. Yeah, thanks um, again for having me on. Yeah, yeah thanks, no, Mike, for sure. And uh, guys, yes, thanks, uh, for our listeners, make sure you submit your listener questions. Keep doing that every week. Hashtag Ask the Hacks or submit them on social media, on Twitter at FHHacks, on Instagram at FantasyHockeyHacks. Send us an email, FantasyHockeyHacks at gmail.com or visit our website, FantasyHockeyHacks.com. You can check out all the information in our show notes and contact information is there as well. Um one last thing, shout out to Charlie again, loyal listener. Thank you for for chiming in as always. We do appreciate it. Um, I haven't ordered that t-shirt yet, but I'm going to. Come on, Devin. I know. Sorry. Just one of those things. <laughs> but we'll get it to you. Don't worry. Uh, anything else, guys, before we take off? Where's my cricket button? Okay. All right. Uh, well, it was fun. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Awesome. Bye, Felicia. All right. Hey, good night. <laughs> Take care.